Fall is here, and we could all use a stiff breeze. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We're talking boners, people. They went subtle. I didn't. It's about boners. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code OPIE at checkout. Just pay the $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code OPIE. Palawada with the yo, yo, yo. Got, uh, where's Benjamin? I saw Benjamin Tucker go flying by. Oh my God. Damn, the comments are flying. All right, hold on. I got to give Benjamin Tucker some love on the big screen. What's up, Bay Tay? How are you, buddy? And of course, Jennifer Ferris. Everyone's feeling it today. Uh, rest in peace to Carl Ruiz. Yes, that was a quick two years. Two years ago today, uh, uh, Carl took a Pasadena on us. Said, I'm out of here later, dudes. I've taught you guys enough. Now it's on you. Uh, it's a tough day. I'm not going to lie to you, but God damn it. Two years. It's just fucking crazy to think. Uh, let's say hi to Andy Vollen. How are you, Andy? What's going on? And uh, Brandon Hollinger. Uh, I'm just waiting for my guest, to be honest with you. So I'm just going to fool around with the comments until then. We got Jackie the Joke Man uh, checking in today. It's been a while. He's been uh, He's been bothering me. A lot. So I'm finally getting him on the live stream. I think he's got something to uh, promote. I sent him the link. We'll see uh, We'll see if he figures it all out. I don't know. And I got to tell him to stop sending me packages. Knock it off. Stop sending me packages. He goes, oh, when I do the live stream today with you today, don't mention the packages. I, I'm, I'm not really mentioning the packages, but he's got to just stop sending me packages. It's getting a little crazy. What's up, uh, Facetti? How are you, buddy? I should have put you on this. You could have did a little pregame uh, as we wait for Jackie to figure out technology in the year 2021. I said, Jackie, it's easy. Here's your link. Look pretty. Make sure you have Wi-Fi. Make sure you're on camera. Comb your hair and click on the link, and then we could do this. Uh, way to own the Greg Shells thing. I, of course. Why is it a dumb thing? That just means people were scared of me. That's embarrassing for people. It's not embarrassing for me. It's embarrassing for the people that were too scared to speak up when they had a problem with me. And instead, they went behind my back and called me Greg Shells. That's embarrassing on their end, not mine. Uh, let's see. To be fair, Greg Shells. To be fair, Greg Shells originated on the subreddit. Oh, oh the, the lovely people from subreddit that try to destroy my life. That's cool, you know? You just come up with one of the greatest radio shows of all time, and then people, your fans, quote your fans, decide, you know what, I'm done with this, so now i got to destroy his life. With that said, let's say hi to our guest today. Is that Jackie the Joke Man? No, I, I, you know, I'm trying to get my stupid computer out here in the garage to bump up, the, you know, pull up the messages in the AOL, and they're always a day behind. And I yeah. came in just in time to hear you talking about somebody wrecking somebody's career, and I couldn't figure out if it was yours or mine. <laughs> <laughs> were, you, 
You go through this same shit, Jackie. Well, first of all, I got to say, stop with the AOL. It's 2021. Stop with the AOL. It's everybody it's says over. that. And he's freezing up already. That's because he's using AOL. You're on dial-up, Jackie. Well, that was a great interview with Jackie. Now, the oh, there, you're back now. See, you're on AOL, I bet, because you're on like dial-up. You're already freezing on me. We were supposed to uh, do this podcast from uh, from Schultz's, which is a great place. I was there today, and he was yeah. yelling at me. And he said, where the hell's Opie? I said, oh, you know, he's a bum. You know. I'm not a bum. I told you what was happening. I, I, I put know. You- I pulled my back out so bad because of my dog. My dog pulled me to the right because he wanted to smell some dog pussy. Or actually, I don't even know if he smells the. I don't even know if he smells the pussy. I got kids uh, down the hall, but he smells assholes. He loves <laughs> smelling other dogs' assholes. What's that about? <laughs> uh, I'm sure you heard my new joke. I'm sure you heard this, but if you haven't, the wife says, "Harry, does this dress make me look fat?" Yeah. And he said, he said, you promise you won't get mad no matter what I say? She says, I promise. He says, I'm fucking your sister. <laughs> Whoa! Hey! <laughs> I can't believe it's 40 years since I started the shows at Governor's. For, yeah, long 40 years is? Holy Christ. They had a, a rock club, and the bands were getting louder and louder and louder, and the neighbors were going to shut it down. They decided, let's do comedy. And somebody yeah. said, let's get that guy with the dirty phone number. And they called me yeah. up and me, me and my future ex-wife went in there and said, put a speaker here, put a speaker here, put the stage here, put the sound system there. And boom. And uh, it's been going for 40 years. So that's exciting. So what? You're doing a big gig uh, to celebrate the 40 years this coming weekend? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's just one show, seven o'clock on Saturday night. But it's me and Peter Bales. The guy who actually dragged me into the comic strip in Manhattan and got me passed in there. And he's in old Long Island. He actually was a fan of my band in the 70s. So this is a real homecoming. And everybody, you know, every girl I tried to bang for the last 40 years is going to be there staring at each other, you know. (laughs) Luckily, there weren't many of them I succeeded with. So there's not going to be a lot of crossover, you know. Yeah. Now, listen, I promise you, I promise you, I bring you some good stories. So, uh, Oh, okay. I don't know if it, I don't know if you ever heard this one, but this is my favorite Rodney story, and it's not even really a story, but the fact that it actually happened is so funny. We're in Fort Lauderdale, spring break, nineteen eighty. Walk along the beach, and I mean, I don't know if you've been to spring. It doesn't matter if you've been to Florida. You know, wall to wall girls in bikinis, like or you just want to shoot yourself. And I'm walking <laughs> right. along with Rodney. He's like 58 years old, and he's been frustrated since he was like two. And we'll walk along, and he's just sweating. And then he, I swear, I hope I swear he said these words. He turned to me and he said, "Don't you wish you could just fuck anybody you wanted?" <laughs> I said, "You know, yeah, but I don't think you really have to say that out loud. It's got it's got to right. be given, you know." Right. Um, <laughs> hilarious. The frustration, the frustration just zoomed out, you know. You know, recently <laughs> on my podcast, I, t- I talked about Rodney Dangerfield. When we were at WNEW, he would come in and we would get him high. And he was, I mean, he was old at this point and he still was enjoying his pot. And I had a guy uh, that worked for us named Stinky who would bring him to the stairwell and get him high before he came on our show. And, uh, <laughs> I hope he did that on purpose. 
I pray he did that on purpose. Oh, this Jackie. Oh, Jackie. Is that any better? What, you just decided in the middle of my story to try to uh, switch it up? I didn't stop. The, the, the thing stopped. You were going, hey, 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 hey. So that's, oh, of course, that's probably as good as your story was. <laughs> no, it's an amazing story. I'm sure it was, but I wasn't hearing it. You never got, did you ever get high with Rodney Dangerfield? You got to be kidding, right? What, what, we spent two weeks on the road, and all we did was get drunk and, and snort coke and smoke pot. It was, like, phenomenal. There phenomenal. you go. Now, the other thing I, I said about Rodney, it's already out there, so I just want to say it again to you because you knew Rodney. At the end of his life, when he wasn't completely all there, he was still performing and killing. And do you know how he uh, pulled it off? Yes. You do? All right, let me hear it because let's see if we have a match. Yeah, no, he. I was never privy to it. I was never there, but he'd be in the dressing room all freaked out. Well, at first, when he started losing a little, there's funny stories because his wife, Joan, he had an earpiece, and she used to feed him his lines in the earpiece. And the famous story is that he was at, <laughs> he was at Westbury Music Fair doing sound check. Right. And she was giving him jokes, and he was saying the jokes, and, he, and then she called for Chinese food. So she ordered the Chinese food, and he repeated the order. <laughs> yeah, you know, this girl was so fat. Uh, give me two egg rolls, and, you know. <laughs> is that true? That is a, I heard that, you know. I mean, you know, when a lie gets going, I'm sure the whole world is repeating it. But yeah. he would actually be in the dressing room like, like, a, like a senior citizen's doll that needs to be blown up, and they would give him an actual, I think it was a, a steroid shot. Yeah. And he would just like Popeye with his spinach, like boom. And he'd go out there and destroy the place for an hour and then, you know, come backstage and fall apart, which, you know, is not the healthiest thing in the world, but he wanted to do it. And I, and I think he sustained that, I think probably for a year, maybe more. I, I don't know the details, but I heard the same thing that his wife would feed him his lines for his act from backstage and he had the earpiece. And he still had that incredible timing and he would just repeat what she was saying for him and he would just crush it, just absolutely crush it. Well, you know, because it, it actually builds in timing because the act, average comedian is going too fast anyway. Right. So by her, him having to wait and, you know, there's a real famous story about how everybody was so enamored with Howard's incredible impression of Ted Kennedy. Yeah, because he'd get he'd get on the uh, he'd, I think he would use the megaphone and uh, he'd be Ted Kennedy yelling at Joni, his wife. Hey, uh, Joni, uh, uh, you got you got to drink less, Joni. And he would he would ham and haw with the era era so much yeah. that it seemed brilliant. But the only reason he was doing that is he was buying time while me and Fred were writing things for him to say. <laughs> Right. But it worked perfectly. Uh, Joni, uh, tell me if you know this story. Sure. John Fox. Did you know who that was? John Fox was a very funny comic. He passed away from uh, colon cancer or prostate cancer. And uh, it was very sad because he went really quick. But he was one of the comics in the movie Comedy's Dirtiest Dozen, which made everybody a star. But me, it was like Chris Rock and Tim Allen and everybody. Yeah. And uh, it was like 1990. And then Fox and Rodney got close because he did so much coke and Rodney loved them. So they're in the penthouse 
in some major hotel in Las Vegas. And Rodney's like, hey, come on, let's go gamble. Let's go get something to eat or something, you know. So they get in the elevator and there's nobody in the elevator. And they're on the way down. And Fox said Rodney cut the most disgusting, loud, vicious fart he's ever heard. And it just was just terrible. And a couple couple floors down, the door opened. And this little Chinese lady got in. And the doors closed and they went down to the lobby. And, of course, when they got to the lobby and the doors opened, there's like a hundred people waiting to get in the elevator. Right. So the doors open, and as Rodney and Fox and this little woman are walking out of the elevator, Rodney looks down at her and says, "You're really fucking disgusting, you know that." <laughs> Which and that's even lower than seventh grade. I mean, that is just such a prank. Of course. Oh, but it's just so priceless, you know. That's awesome. <laughs> Have you heard from Howard lately? Yeah, he called this morning. He asked me what I was having for breakfast, and I told oh, him. Nice. I told him his wife. Whoa, Jesus! No, I never hear from him. I got you know, who, who knows what he's up to? You know, he, he, you know, he's he's standing up on the right side of the world by telling people to get vaccinated, but they still find a way to screw with him. You know, you yeah. Know, and finally, I agree with him on something, but uh, I guess pretty much politically, I always agree with him, but. Um, you know, everybody that's on TV screaming about do this, do that, do this, do that. They're all right and they're all great, but they're all screaming from their ivory towers. You know, they're in between bites of caviar. They're saying we got to do something about the migrants. Yeah. So how about I take a ride down there and share your fucking caviar? You know, uh, good. Jackie, Ixnay on the ivory tower, A. As you see my view, I'm, I'm higher than every building in New York City right now. I know. I've been to that apartment <laughs> building. It's beautiful. In fact, I know one of your neighbors. I, I, well, I know he's next door to you, but I'm not going to say who it is. If you want, I could go to the other side of the apartment and we could actually look at uh, where, where Howard lives. Yo, yeah, maybe- that's, that's what I live for. Maybe you can wave to him. and You know, it's been uh, well, too long. He knows how I wave to him. <laughs> Somebody told me he's not even in the Hamptons; that he's always in Florida. Which is yeah, who last, knows? But that's the last I, place I'd want to be. You know, I, I want to. Well, no, man. How he lives, it doesn't matter if he's in Florida. You know that. So uh, I got to. I got to back up a little bit. I I agree with Howard as well. I mean, he's a little bit harsh about it, but I think the way out of this pandemic is to get as many people vaccinated as possible. Is that hey, crazy? Why my- is that crazy to say? Yesterday, I got my booster, my third shot. You know, oh. I'm, I'm 73. I could die in the middle of this phone call, you know. Right. But I, it, you know, not, you know, it just, things get so redundant that you feel like a moron. How somebody would fight you on doing something that's going to help them and help the world and help their family and help their parents. I, I just, I cannot. You know, somebody just sent me a picture of a great night, a great, great night, a great Playboy party. I don't know if you remember from the Stern show with the uh, when I got in all the trouble with Patty Davis Reagan. Do you know that? No, story? You got to explain that again. I saw you uh, tweet that picture the other day. And I honestly, uh, I wasn't a big Howard fan. I didn't listen to him a lot. So I don't know a lot of these stories. But so you, you know the story of Ronald Reagan, you know, the last three years of his of his presidency he was shot you know, yeah he, he really bad alzheimer's patty davis reagan did not get along with her father or her family so she did a naked spread in playboy specifically for the reason to say bafangul to her family and to her father yeah. so i was hosting with jenny mccarthy 
when the reason her she just came up is she's one of those, you know, anti, anti, anti vaxxers. She kind of started it. And, you know, she just she's too smart for that. I really don't understand. Sometimes people have an agenda. Maybe that's think she's going to get her notice more or something. But she was anti vax before there was any covid, you know. And uh, so me and her are hosting this Playboy party. And the only reason Patty Davis Reagan was there, she was a VIP, is because that year she had posed naked for Playboy. Right. And and uh, what's her name? Jenny McCarthy was Playmate of the Year. So me and Jenny are going to host, we're co-hosts of this big party at Webster Hall. And like every Playboy party, they invited like seven or 800 people and 900 of them were men. You know, and everybody's VIP, so everybody thinks they're getting treated special, but there's not enough booze, there's not enough anything. It's just it's just a dick bump, but it's great fun. But on the way in, I said, all right, I got to have something to say. And there were a lot of B-level celebrities going to be there. So I said, let me write a joke about each of these people. So I wrote a joke about Grandpa Al Lewis and Gilbert Gottfried and Patty Davis Reagan and Bill Boggs. I forget who else, just so I'd have something to say. So I could say, oh, look at so-and-so out in the crowd. And say a joke, you know. And I said, you know, on the way here, I wrote this great joke, but I don't know. And they said, well, let us hear it. So I told the joke to Jenny and my friend Eric Middleman and the crew, and they went wild. And they said, you know what? Let's let's do that. On You can repeat it. We'll pretend that we never heard it before, and we'll do it on the show. So I did it on the show, and they went crazy. We go up. There's no way to do anything on stage. We just said thank you to everybody for coming. And we walked into the VIP bar, and the first person I ran into, nose to nose, was Patty Davis Reagan. It's the funniest joke in the world to everybody in the world except for Patty Davis Reagan. And nobody knew, none of us knew that in the past couple of months, she had made up with her family. They were back lovers again, and she was back accepted into the family. The only reason she was at the Playboy party is because she did Playboy to say fuck you to them, but yeah. they had made up. I said, Patty, it's nice to see you. You know, I just wrote a joke about you on the way in here. I said, you were the first one to know that your father had Alzheimer's because he started returning your phone calls. <laughs> Opie, she went white. She was enraged. And meanwhile, it's me. And at the time, we're at the height of our fame. This is the president's daughter. The Playboy mate, the Playmate of the Year was standing there. And Jenny McCarthy's standing there. The flashbulbs are going off. The place is a madhouse. I never talk so fast. Oh, I'm really sad. P- Patty, I didn't really... I, I would just... It was just a shit show. Right. The next morning, that's a Thursday. Next morning, I walk into the show and nothing. Nothing happened. Meanwhile, I don't realize it happened at 10 o'clock Thursday night. Of course, nothing happened yet. I yeah. go back to, to, you know, to Oyster Bay, to Bayville. I don't read the post. It's the weekend. I don't do anything. I walked in on Monday, and the first thing Robin said was, he did it again, Howard. <laughs> and he's, he said, what happened? And she says, I guess Jackie really insulted the ex-president's daughter. I guess it was pretty uncomfortable. You know, he made a really, really bad joke, and blah, 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 and Howard's berating me and going on. And after about 15 minutes, Gary comes in the studio and says, Hey, Howard, everybody's calling up, Howard. They want to hear the joke, Howard. <laughs> and Howard says, all right, Jackie, tell the joke. And I told the joke. 
And you, ha Howard was literally biting his lip to keep from laughing because it was so funny. And him sure. and Robin are trying to yell at me for my bad taste. And meanwhile, it's so funny. And the listeners are calling up and saying how funny it was. But they continued to berate me. The next day, Patty Davis called in wow. to keep it going. And she's trying to yell at me. And I realized how it's ridiculous. I'm hitting on her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Come on, you know how funny I am. You know, you know, you have the hots for me, you know. And everybody was so appalled, but it was just, it was just funny. It was just harmless. Of course. No, I, I said, you know, the reason you were in Playboy is because you were mad at your father. You know. Yeah, it's the elephant in the room, you. Of course, but, uh, oh, but that was great. That went on and on and on. And I have a the picture. I will send you the picture that was taken right after I told her that joke. It's me and Jenny and this girl Nikki Gavach from Russia, and everybody is having a time of their life. And Patty Davis looks like she just fit into a pile of dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story man. Uh, and, and absolutely absolutely true okay let's talk about boners just sliding that in there all nice for you fall is here and we could all use a stiff breeze that's right this episode sponsored by blue chew what the hell is blue chew oh what the hell is blue chew what are you talking about you must be a new listener Guys, confidence can take you far in life. It can also help in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. God, the process is very, very simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And then let the boners begin. Oh, yeah. Best part, done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy with the nosy lose. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the good old U.S. of A. and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package so it doesn't say boners with blue chew men everywhere are excited to see the postman that reads a little weird but then again it's 2021 so what the hell because when your package has arrived your package has arrived blue chew is pretty good with the subtleties don't you think i just say if you want better boners then use Blue Chew's service, okay? Listen up. Special deal for you. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code Opie, O-P-I-E, at checkout. Just pay the $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Opie, to receive your first month free. BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Promo code Opie, O-P-I-E, at BlueChew.com. Support the podcast and get a boner. I got it back up again because we got, uh, it's pretty plus more. You might be able to see it on the screen. It's Carol. She says, uh, I said I agree with Howard as far as I, I believe uh, as many people uh, should get vaccinated as possible to get past this damn pandemic thing. Uh, I didn't know Howard was doing this because I truly don't listen to the guy. She writes, people are angry because he said he likes to watch unvaccinated death videos. If that's true, man, that he's a sick ass, man. Now, that sounds like Howard from 1988. 
You know, I don't want to defend him because I have no idea. For all I know, he's doing that. Yeah, I mean, I he, used, he used to say he wanted to dig up Man Cow's father and, and have sex with I, him. Uh, Howard was, said, you know. Look, I was I was a shock jock for a long time, so certainly I said my share of shitty things, but Howard takes the cake on all that crap. And uh, I hope he's not doing that because I, I really do want people to get vaccinated. But for the people that are dying that didn't get vaccinated, I'm not I'm not sitting here celebrating. I have a I have a good friend who lost his sister. She lives uh, lived. We have to say lived now lived in Florida, was in her 50s. And she didn't want it. She didn't believe in the vaccination thing. And she ends up dying of this damn thing. Well, I'm not going to give you a pass. Happening. I'm not giving you a pass on this. She's an idiot, or she was an idiot. Well, I mean, I, you know, I'm trying, I know it's a friend, but you know, no, no, my, I, I'm trying to be cool. My friend has said pretty much the exact same thing, you know, and I, uh, I agree with the whole thing. If somebody comes into the hospital and they haven't been vaccinated, move over because we want to work on somebody that was vaccinated. But I'm not. I'm not celebrating anyone's death no, because no, they, they, no. they didn't get vaccinated. That's that's terrible for them and their family. No, it, oh, and it, any death damages people right on down the line. No, no, of course not. It's horrible. But right. people got to people got to think. I mean, you know, all you're doing, you're not asking people to give your car up or or give up your house. They're asking you to do something for the good of you and the guy next to you and for your parents and your children. Right. Now, these people on you see these people on deathbeds that are dying, and they say, "Are you glad you didn't? Now do you wish I'd taken a shot? No, I don't want to do anything that's going to harm me. Right. I'm going to die, you more, you know, like Jesus see, Christ." Well, per first of all, I want to say thanks to Benjamin Tucker. He gave me a quick twenty dollars, which is nice. And then we got Casey in NorCal. He goes hardcore, right? Lots of people have died with the vaccine, so enough of this shit, Christ. The guy's mad, like. Uh, every doctor's on TV and on the websites and the CDC basically saying, if you get vaccinated, the odds of dying from this thing are incredibly low. You know, I, I, I there's so many things you just can't, you know, you, you can't figure people, but this is a tough one. Why, right. you know, Oh, uh, see now that we brought this up, that uh, people are out of their minds. They're yeah, so no, Why are you mad? The facts are the facts. People are, are experts. I, I'm not an expert. I follow the experts. I'm not going to follow some dummy on Facebook or on some dumb cable news channel. I'm following the doctors and the experts, the scientists, people I know personally. If and somebody, they're all saying your odds are really good that you'll survive this thing if you get vaccinated. If somebody so, puts on a mask and walks across the Long Island Expressway, don't yell at me for calling them an idiot. Right. You know, that's that's. That's just blatant stupidity, you know. But what can you do? You know, they, the whole thing about it being a freedom issue is just absolutely ludicrous. You're a freedom guy. You're like an old school hippie. You don't like you don't like the government taking away our freedoms. There, I do what I want. I'm masturbating while I'm talking to you. I, no. I got no rules. I got no rules. Well, my camera's been moving up and down too, so we got a match there, my friend. You know, <laughs> everything is so crazy. When I was in college. In 1967, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, if you got caught smoking a joint on the sidewalk, you got a $15 parking ticket. And here it is, 60, 70, however many years later, and we're just getting to the point where maybe it's going to be, I mean, right? How, how the stupidity just lingers and lingers and lingers, I have no idea. You know. Oh, my God. Pot should have been legal decades ago. Decades ago. It's so stupid.
you know, well, luckily I made, you know, I was able to buy seven or eight houses with my dealing money. So I'm not really complaining. <laughs> he's, he's joking, kids. Kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> with that said, stop sending me packages, you lunatic. Did you get one? I'm not, I'm not commenting. Just stop sending me packages. Why would, how would you know you got a package if you didn't get one? I'm not saying anything else. Just stop already. Are you saying drop them off in person? <laughs> stop already, you lunatic. <laughs> how, was, uh, how was your summer? I can't believe I didn't make it up to Bayville to jump in the uh, the Long Island Sound with you. Two, two long swims today already. It's nice. just... Uh, Bayville has been just just spectacular, and as I'm telling you, this new great place in town. We used to be the Bayville Luncheonette, and now it's a seafood raw bar. Yeah, and the guy is just a great, just a great character from way way back, you know. And uh, and it's the same thing, only they have you know a martini. Uh, is it caviche? How do you say it? caviche? Uh, ceviche. Come on, ceviche martini. Yeah, and baked nice. clams nice. and perfect clam chowder and you know do you like your clams nice and tight or do you like them all messy with half the half the shit falling out the side of the clam i've eaten both of them <laughs> in fact one time they were sisters lying next to each other there you go all right you're right. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i mean i think you describe more of a mother-daughter situation you know you sisters. know about that uh, the kid says uh he sees his mother come out of the shower and he points between her legs and says, Ma, what's that? And she says, That's my beaver. And he says, Okay. And then his grandmother's lying on the couch taking a nap and her dress is up and she's got no panties on, her legs are spread. And the kid says, Ma, I think grandma's beaver is dead. Its tongue is hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're the best. All right, that, look. That's no, pretty raw. That's pretty raw. I, I gotta go back to Joshua. He's a he's a good one. Uh, he's on the big screen. He says, I'm not anti-vax, just not really cool with mandates. I'm not a fan of the mandates either. Oh, just, come on. Don't you gotta drive on the right side of the street. That's a mandate. Right. That's for everybody's good. You, you're right. just gonna drive wherever the fuck you want. Use your head. A mandate doesn't mean necessarily a bad thing. You know, sometimes rules are good, you know. Oh, but in America, we're, we got, we're free. We're free to do whatever we want, Jackie. Come on. Well, if you're free to do whatever you want, then hang up on Joshua. <laughs> oh, I like Joshua. I'm kidding. I'm I, li kidding. I like the I'm Joshua. a comedian. I, I said that... Uh, Mandates are like a last ditch effort when when the populace gets so stupid. It's forcing somebody to help themselves. That's all. That's when the mandates come uh, come into play. When the populace, not a few people here and there, but the populace of the country starts becoming incredibly stupid. That's when they start introducing these damn mandates. And then it has nothing to do with the content. It's like, I don't care what you tell me to do. I'm not doing it. You right. know, it's the old Groucho Marx from uh, from Coconuts. Whatever it is, I'm against it. Oh, I guess that's, that was Duck Soup. That was Groucho's favorite song. Oh. Whatever it is, I'm against it. You know, like, yeah. it's crazy. It's bullshit. Yeah, there you go. Hey, I got to tell you about my friend. My friend was bitching to me, you know, for the longest time because he's been single his whole life. And every time he, he goes to a wedding, he's got this crusty old aunt that comes up and 
pokes him with her finger and she says, you're next. You're next. He says, every goddamn wedding, she pokes me and says, you're next. He says, but I got her to stop. And I said, how'd you get her to stop? He says, now at every funeral, I poke her and say, you're next. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, eh? That's, that's good. <laughs> you're going to have to that. Uh, here you go. This guy, they're counting on people like you, oh, push the narrative, smart guy, be a hero. Oh, my. I've always just had common sense. Uh, you know what's so funny? Because I say shit like that, people think I'm a libtard, a snowflake, a blah, blah, blah. blah. I'm not a Democrat oh, and I'm not a Republican. I, 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 I come from the school of George Carlin. I, I, I don't believe in our system. I love this country, but our system is broke. These politicians are all corrupt no matter what side you're on. But, but that doesn't mean they're always wrong either. You know, even a blind pig finds an acorn. Sometimes people are right. Right. You know what I mean? In spite of themselves. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. not anti politics You know, I, I, this libtard. All, everybody wants to put everything in a box. The only thing I want to put in a box is my cock. And after that, <laughs> I, I just let everybody do what the hell they want to do. I don't right. care. You know. I I don't know. I, I, it's just exhausting after a while. You're in uh, you're in joke land, I see, man. I'm in beautiful joke land. That's awesome. There's seven, a lot. Seven o'clock governors in Levittown. Seven o'clock this Saturday night. Right. Governors with Peter Bale's 40th anniversary. Wow. So we could walk around. I could show you stuff, man. Yeah, man. You've done this before. There's a lot of history in that room, Jackie. Show us some stuff that you haven't shown me before. Well, there's uh, there's me with uh, Keith Richards and Les Paul. You got to hang out with Keith Richards, right? Well, not real. Just I, I hung out with him the night. Uh, that I met Les Paul it was Les Paul's 85th birthday. So it was me and Les and, and Keith Richards got drunk after the show in the dressing room, but it was Les's 85th birthday. Who would have ever guessed that he was a Stern show fan. <clears throat> but now I realize like old people don't sleep. So he would lie there. So it was a godsend to him to have something to put on at six o'clock in the morning. So he yeah. knew the show really well. And he loved me because he loved jokes and loved to laugh. And nobody knew that. And here we are at his 85th birthday. Carrie Ash. Do you know Carrie Ash from like the no. Sam Ash family? You know Sam Ash. Of course. So Carrie Ash uh, was married to Sam Ash, who was the grandson. And she said, listen, you're going to see Les Paul tonight if I have to come drag you. So me and Nancy went to see Les Paul. And he was walking down the aisle towards the stage. And I, I swear, Opie, I heard him say, Jackie, the joke man's here. And Adam, you know, the publicist said, yeah. And he got on stage. He played his opening song. And he said, Jackie, the joke man's here. Jackie, come on up here. So I went up on stage. And he said, oh, you're a dirty comedian. Huh? You're dirty. You tell dirty jokes. And I said, yeah. He goes, well, hit me with a few. Now, this is 19. I think it was 2000. I'm still drinking. I got five beers in me. I am loaded for bear, Opie. I'm loaded yeah. for bear. There's a full house that you can't even move. And sitting right front and center is Keith Richards and his mother and his stepfather. Unless, like, he just stuck out his chin and said, go ahead, hit me with it. I said, you want a dirty one? He said, hey, give, me, give me what you got. Give me your worst. And I told five of the most disgusting jokes, and the <laughs> place went batshit. And he laughed harder than anybody. And then I gave him a hug and a kiss and said, all right, I'm getting off of here. And I walked down. And then he played a song. And then he said, now I'm going to bring up my friend Keith Richards. And Keith came on stage 
And the first thing that he said to Les Paul was, it's going to be a little tough to follow that bloke. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a rolling stone. That's man. so cool. So he, he plays a song and people are going wild, blah, blah, blah. And I find out that he's there with his mother. And his mother was a blues singer. You know, which means she's been around the block. I don't know how the world doesn't know his mother was a blues singer. But Keith Richards sat down. He played another song. He said, Shaggy the Joke Man, come back up here. Come up. And I'm like, all right. But meanwhile, Keith Richards was dressed like a Rolling Stone. You know what I mean? With a scarf. And he had the beads in his in his, in his his uh, weaved hair. And, you know, he thought the whole rock and roll rock star look. Yeah. And I go on stage. And... Les says, listen, uh, tell me about this. You sit there with that guy in the morning and you write a note for him and he tells the notes as you're going along. Tell me. And I, and I'm, I'm a little bombed. I said, listen, Les, these people are packed in here to see you. It's your 85th birthday. They want to hear your music. Maybe some of them are Stern fans. There are probably a lot of them, but probably some of them have no idea who he is and they don't know what the hell you're talking about. Do me a favor. Do your show. And when you're done, we'll go to the bar, we'll have a few drinks, and I'll tell you all about how the Stern Show works. Oh, yeah, I've left out an important thing. The first thing when I got up on stage the second time is I said, Keith, I just want to apologize to you. I never would have told those off-color jokes if I knew your mother was with you. Meanwhile, right. his mother's been around the block. Right. So he stood up and said, yeah, well, I'll tell you about your mother. And so I said, holy Christ, I'm getting my balls broke by a rolling stone. So the audience goes nuts. So then I say, Les, listen, we'll go up and we'll have a drink afterwards. We'll sit at the bar and, and tell some stories. And you know what? Maybe Keith will join us. And you know what? Maybe Keith will even buy. And, and, if, and if he doesn't have any money on him, maybe he could pay with some of those fucking beads he's got in his head. <laughs> Holy Christ, I am telling you, I never heard such a roar in my life. Oh, my God. And I said to the audience, I said, and now I'm fucking with a Rolling Stone and maybe the loudest cheers I ever heard. And I just sat down and I was, you know how you feel. I was, I was glowing for an hour. You know? Oh yeah. And then afterwards we sat in the dressing room and laughed and he said, you're a funny motherfucker, you know, and God, you're just That's a, cl a classic night of all time. Now I wanted to back up a little bit. Cause you said you told five of the dirtiest jokes that night. What was your best one that night? Pop. What's a vagina look like? Sun before sex, uh, vaginas like a rose with soft pink velvety petals and the aroma of perfume. He says, what about after sex? He says, did you ever see a bulldog eating mayonnaise? <laughs> <laughs> and they were all right along that line, you know, like like really dirty, really foul. Yeah. And, and he, went, he just went nuts. He just went nuts because he... He loves that. He's a musician. He's been around 85 years. He's heard everything, you know. Of course. Do you, uh, not to put you on the spot, because maybe you don't, um, any thoughts on Norm McDonald? Did you ever get to hang out with him? Was he doing the Stern show when you were back? Uh, he did the Stern show a bunch of times. I really, really liked him because he was, he was just so funny and so relaxed, and he was so just downright polite to everybody. I mean, we didn't hang out. You know, I, but he knew who I was and he, he was, he just couldn't have been sweeter. And he used to do Bob Dole. Yeah. And I gave him a great idea and he loved it. And supposedly he did it on Saturday Night Live. Bob Dole would always hold out his hand, but he always held a pen. Yeah. Right. 
So Norm was ta talking about doing Bob Dole, and I said, it'd be so funny if you did a pratfall and fell down, and when you cut back up, the pen was sticking out of your head. <laughs> and he said he loved it. And I don't know if he did that or not, but just the thought that maybe I'd get a, a, a little bit on Saturday Night Live was terrific, you know? Yeah. But he, he was he was just so sweet. And he loved jokes. He loved jokes as much as I did. So who, know, Art, Artie Lang told me that, you know, Norm loved my jokes. So that just always made me feel good, you know. Who told Bob Dole it's a good idea to walk around with a pen in his hand? I mean, obviously he had a bad uh, hand. No, well, that, no, that was from the war, right? That, but that's how, he, that's how his hand was. His right. His hand had to be in that position. So I guess it made it. Looked like it made more sense, I guess. It just drew attention to the damn thing. I, I knew a girl with a fake arm, and she wore a bracelet on the fake arm. Why would you do that? Did, did she rattle it to call attention? <laughs> yes, yes, she did. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. You know the story about me and the girl with the one leg? I'm not sure. My friends from Detroit used to come up after late at night on Fridays after they got off work. So my band would get done and we'd get back to the house just as they showed up with booze and beer and they'd drag whatever girls they could. And we'd all be loaded as hell when we started. And my friend James walked in from Detroit with like three or four guys and three or four girls. And you size things up pretty quick. And immediately I saw which girl was the cutest by far. And my friend James says, oh, that's the crip. I said, what do you mean? He says, that's Debbie the Crip. She, one of her legs is fake. She was in a horrible car accident and got a huge settlement. And I'm like, whoa. And I said, how you doing? She says, yeah, you know, and she went bang, bang, and she knocked on her leg and said, yeah, this is a fake leg. So I remember saying to myself, well, Martling, you better drink fast if this is going to happen. Yeah. So I got really drunk. I woke up in the morning. Everybody asked me, how could you not remember? I have no idea if I had sex with her. I'm sure I did. But I woke up next to this pretty girl that had a stump. And I'm like, whoa. And I went into my bathroom. I swear on my mother, her leg, it was, and it wasn't just a, it was a leg that lasted all the way up to the middle of her thigh and then yeah. strapped on. And it was leaning against the corner of the bathroom. And I was like, holy jumping God. And there was two exits to the bathroom, one to my bedroom and one to the I went out the other room, went downstairs. I said to my buddy, Red, give me the keys to your car. I am out of here. I took the keys and I drove to the sorority house where the girl I was dating was just leaving. And I was only running away from the one-legged girl. And I, I said, Darlene, I'm here to say goodbye. And she was so touched, she invited me to go to Cape Cod. And I went to Cape Cod and wound up living with her a couple of years. The girl with one leg completely altered my life. Oh, my God. <laughs> I swear on my mother. I laughed at a girl naked in a tub uh, after she took off her fake arm. Now, that's the punchline to the story, unfortunately, but it's the truth. I, 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 this girl was very, very attractive. She was working for Bill O'Reilly. She was a producer. She's really, she's really a pretty famous producer now and uh, actually produced a huge documentary. I, I only found this out a year or two ago, but she really liked me. And, and she was coming in and me and Anthony were going on Bill O'Reilly, the no spin zone. And she was doing B roll and getting to know us and doing all that horseshit. And she hung out with us a lot. And 
we discovered as we were at a signing at Hooters after hanging out with this girl for a couple weeks that she had a fake arm. She was in studio and none of us, none of us saw the fake arm. You know, I hate to say it, but they are good at hiding that. Yeah. You know. So, so I'm out uh, drinking with her and a couple people from the Opie and Anthony show. I'm, uh, I, I have a girlfriend at the time. Um, and so we're on the rooftop that, down the village. We're hanging out. We're getting drunk and stuff. And then she kind of invites me into her apartment. And uh, I go in. And there are a bunch. Of, this is like stereotypical out of a movie, but it's the truth. There are a few of her roommates or friends in a room with like with candles on. And they were high. And they were listening to Pink Floyd. And I'm checking these guys out as she like scatters off, right? And all of a sudden she calls me and I start wandering around this apartment. I open up a door and in the bathroom, she's, she's completely naked. She took her arm off and she's got candles all over the bathroom. No, wait, like, she took it off while you were watching or it was already off? No, it was already off. But at this point I, I knew she had a fake arm or whatever. I, you know, I didn't care. She was, she was really cute, but I was, well, how much are we talking? Are we talking a shoulder? Are we talking? It was down to the elbow. It was above the elbow, man. It was pretty dramatic. So that's what made it look more like a mannequin arm because you can't really bend at the elbow. I saw this whole scene. I definitely liked her, but I, I, I had a girlfriend at the time, and my only thought was to just openly laugh at her and how ridiculous the situation was. And I go, I can't do this because I was trying to be a good guy, you know? And I, but I, it's actually, if she has only one one arm, it's only kind of like three quarters cheating. Right? <laughs> Jesus, so, <laughs> I'm not going to lie because uh, now. Now I wait can't, a minute, is this girl still alive and kicking and producing shows and listening to the Opie Show? Well, I don't know if she listens to me or anything like that. We lost touch a long, long time ago. But I, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, all these years later, because of the situation I was in at the time. Now I kind of regret it because, the you know, my girlfriend, that, that whole thing was a mess and, and fell apart. But um, I laughed at her and mocked her, not mocked her, but I laughed at her openly because I didn't know what to do. And I knew I, I wasn't going to do anything, you know. And I ran out of her apartment and she gets a bathrobe on really quickly. And she's at the top of the stairs screaming at me as she's soaking wet in a, in a bathrobe, basically saying, get your ass back here. And I'm like, I can't, I can't. And I believe. If my memory serves me right, that was the last time I saw her. Because oh. we were at the end of the, the time because we finally went on Bill O'Reilly and it went okay and whatever. So she was moving on to her next project. And uh, I believe if that memory serves me right, we were kind of celebrating, you know, the whole uh, project coming to an end. So my last memory of her is uh, with one arm in a bathroom, soaking wet, screaming at me to get all upstairs. With the amount of people you know that are listening to this show, somebody knows this one-armed lady, and you're going to hear from her one way or another. And I think it's, you know, I haven't even given up hope on the crip, even though that was, holy Christ, 30 years ago. But, you know, your one-armed girl is out there somewhere, you know. Well, this girl also, so at NEW, we had this office with a, you you know the deal from the old Stern days, like the show never really ended. I mean, we had to go off the air. And then the whole whole crew had come down to the office. I was in a bad relationship. Anthony was in a bad marriage. And we would just hang out in the office and, and 
look at each other like, oh, God, eventually we got to go home. And it would always be a bummer. And there would be girls that would come back to the office and get naked. And, and they would just be blowing bubbles. And everyone's smoking pot and drinking. And, and all eyes are on you at all time. And any anybody can go turncoat at any minute for an extra two minutes of air time. Right. I, I know the whole deal. You so, know. but this same girl would hang out in the office and she, I keep looking down the hall because my kids are here. She, she uh, would take the portable cameras that we had laying around everywhere and, you know, and she would take pictures of her, of her, you know what, her, you know, and she would do it like an upskirt. And, and then I would discover these pictures when we developed the, uh, the film from these portable cameras. But she was so drunk and didn't realize that she was she was on her period. And, and I have oh, oh. I have pictures of her and her dumb string hanging out from these oh. sexy pictures she was trying to take for me. Now, these, was, these are color photos. That's why I don't want to mention her name. And she is really a big producer now because these are all true stories, man. A smart Polish guy and a, uh, a, a good smelling Italian guy. And a British guy with a big cock walked into a bar and a Jewish guy bought a round of drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I love that crap. You're, you're crazy. <laughs> you're nuts. Hey, I don't know if you know this joke. I know we got to go. Listen, okay. uh, the link for buying tickets is on jokeland.com. I'm also making lots of money with this cameo.com slash Jackie Martling. Like nice one-on-one -on -one videos to insult people or say happy divorce or whatever. And that's really fun. 516-922-WINE is still operating, which nobody can believe. And then they dial it and they go, holy Christ, you know, when's Martling going to grow up? Right. <clears throat> but I will leave you this joke. I, I'm sure you heard it, but I hope you haven't. A porn star moves to suburbia. And he's sitting on his front stoop smoking a joint. And his neighbor comes out. And the porn star says, hey, neighbor, what are you doing? And the neighbor says, oh, I'm going on a date. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, first date. Wow. Porn star says, good luck. He says, thanks, man. And he comes back a couple hours later, and the porn star says, how'd your date go? And his neighbor says, oh, I only got the first base. And the porn star says, well, at least you got your asshole licked. <laughs> that is just the perfect joke. Oh, that's just the perfect yeah. <laughs> oh, Jackie, you're the best. I was gonna try. I was gonna try to get like a Howard Stern story out of you. Maybe one you've never told before, but um uh no which which one is amazing? It's on my YouTube channel. You don't have to do it again, obviously. The popcorn tin story. Oh my god. You know that's what you know you know where you were when JFK died. I know where I was when I opened that popcorn. <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you this. Well, this is, I don't know if you were there then, Jackie. Tell but him about the whore in the cockpit. No, Howard. <laughs> yes, yes. Tell me that. No, you know, Howard was uh, goofing on our Christmas gifts, you know, like uh, like everyone gave him Christmas gifts. And I was like, you had to ah. give him Christmas gifts? Yeah, like, yeah, everybody gave him. And, 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 and that year, Howard gave us our Christmas gift. And it literally, it came in what, the mail. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, it was a canister 
of popcorn, three different flavors, caramel, <laughs> regular, and cheddar. And it had our name written on around it. It was it was a round, a round yeah. can, like a, like a foot and a half yeah. by two feet tall, yeah. and it was divided like with a piece of cardboard yeah. with three disgusting kinds. And, and, and I literally, Opie, I kid you not, I literally stuck my arm in there yeah. thinking that there had to be a check on the bottom of sure. it. Sure. You know, I thought, well, like a cracker like, jack. Like this is the goof. This but, is the goof, but, but if you would there be a check. Let me, let me give him. So I went on the air, and Howard was goofing on it. I was like, well, Howard, you gave me a canister with fucking popcorn in it for Christmas. And he goes, oh, well, that was Allison. I go, I stuck my arm in there looking for a check. And then I walked out of the studio and Ganji, you know, the guy in the show. Sure. I did the same thing. <laughs> the whole let me tell you. Let me tell you what it was. She must have gone through okay, She must have gone to some boutique. She went to a boutique where they said, "You buy this canister," and they wrote in very ornate, fancy lettering to Jackie and Nancy, yeah. Joe Land with the date. And I'm sure that's what they did for John and everybody. And that was, I guess, what was supposed to make it special. So you could keep the fucking garbage can that came in. <laughs> And, and John calls me up and says, did you fi find Did you fi find the check? I almost fucking had a heart attack. I lived so hard. Howard doesn't give a fuck about you people. Oh, I got Listen to this one. Listen to this one. You will not. He's so happy. You I don't even exist. You will not believe. When he turns that mic off, he doesn't even know your names. I don't know. I don't know if John Sorry, knows his story. Listen to this one. Yeah. One year. And I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't you know told if you, me it. I don't know if you got to say this. Is this about the camera? Yeah, I, yeah. I, One th year. I think I like Howard now. <laughs> <laughs> Howard thinks he might See, be yeah, your brother. He's so disillusioned. He thinks he's still at the top. <laughs> so, so we get our presents, oh, and I fuck. open my present, and this is early yeah. on in the digital revolution, and it's a it's a Canon camera, like a nice little Canon camera, but and it can be hooked up to your computer, and I'm nice. which I didn't know how to do, but I'm like. Now that's a, that's a decent fucking gift. Like I'll be goddamned. And I was like, uh, you know, it wasn't four thousand dollars, but it was like a, it bordered on being a gift. And I'm looking at it. I'm saying, it oh, it on being a hold gift. on, hold on. Listen. So I go to gigs. I do a lot of gigs, and I right. go to a lot of places and see a lot of people. So I want to have my camera with me in the car, but there's no case. And I'm like, this. Those I never heard of a camera coming without a case. What do you, and hey. I called up and I said, hey, I'm, I, I think I called Canon and said there must have been a mistake because I got a camera and I got the strap and I got the batteries and I got everything, but there was no case. And they said, no, 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 that's impossible. You had to get a case. And somebody said, oh, but unless <laughs> it was one of those promotional cameras oh. they sent out cases and cases of promotional cameras that didn't he must have got a case of fucking what are the odds of us finding out hey, what the, are the fucking I, odds of us <laughs> the odds are you call him for a fucking case <laughs> <laughs> giving Jackie something that's the odds I needed one Jackie's like an old lady from Fort Lauderdale <laughs> <laughs> like, 
my fucking case. I can't. I need a case. <laughs> I would have ordered it, but the story is too good. Oh. oh my god! So you guys were digging around the popcorn for a check. Yeah, and then Jesus. and then another year he Everybody gave us sticky, sticky hands into the hilarious. <laughs> another year he they gave got a- cheddar dust all oh, over the head. <laughs> Yeah, in their arm hair. That <laughs> never it comes was, out. It was nothing. It was that nasty shit. You know, the, the popcorns. It's like yellow with like sealed butter on it. You know, like uh-huh. that disgusting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't eat the popcorn. Uh, I, I, I'll tell you one thing that really happened to me <clears throat> that was wasn't funny and wasn't fun, but it was just one of those things that only you know. I lived on Thirty Fifth Street. I mean, 65th Street uh, in York had a sixth floor walk up and we got off work one day and I had a gig at Rascals by the by the shore in Ocean Township. And I drove down there and instead of taking a nap, I went to the mall and bought gifts. It was Christmas. I bought gifts for Howard and Rob and, and John and I mean, painstakingly spent a lot of money and really did my very best. And I mean... I just was loaded for bear. Then I did the gig and I drove home and I parked on the street in front of my apartment. And I came down the next day and my windows were smashed in. It was in, it's on a street in right. New York at Christmas time. You know, they basically said, come take these. So they took everything. So the next, here we are at the show where everybody's exchanging gifts. And here's Jackie with his story that, I bought gifts for everybody, but they broke into my car and stole them. Aunt, I could have just as well told them that I had a fake arm. You know, they, oh, oh, I never heard the end of it. You know, I was like, well, go down and look at my car. No, no, we, we, we know you're lying. You know, yeah. oh, just, just crazy stuff. I don't know. That that wasn't a really funny story, but what can I tell you? Oh, it's a good story, though. Come on. I mean, uh, uh, they don't yeah. all have to be... I mean, nothing wrong with ending, uh, you know, a little get-together with the bomb. Oh, you're a piece of shit. You, you know, it's nothing wrong with that after killing for 50 minutes and then ending with a dud. You know, uh, I don't know if I told you this, but this this is funny to me, and I don't care if it's funny to you. Robin had just put out a book. And you know, she's promoting it and how he's promoting it. He's talking about it and he's talking about it and she's talking about it. And we're about to go to commercial or maybe the show was ending <clears throat> and Howard took a phone call and he answered the phone call and the caller said, Hey, Howard, you've written two books, man. And now Robin wrote a book. When's Jackie going to write a book? And he proceeded to go on and on about Jackie. Couldn't put a sentence together. He hasn't got a brain in his head. He doesn't know what he's talking about. It would be dull. It would really suck. And then he said something like, we'll be right back. And as he pulled the microphones off, he leaned over and turned to me and he said, if you ever write a book, you're fired. Wow. <laughs> and he meant it. I oh, bet you he meant he it. He meant it because, you know, which was my friend, my friend Frank is still mad at me that I didn't name my autobiography that. If you ever yeah, write a book, you're fired. That's classic, right? That's well, you know. uh, that's an amazing story because Howard back in the day was really, really paranoid because you had a huge secret that you were writing all those funny lines for Howard and, and Howard never really gave you credit at first, especially. So everyone thought Howard was one of the funniest comics ever. And the fact is, you made him funny. 
Well, and you he, know, he, he was funny, but it's like anything. You know, if you're funny, you're funny. But right. if you got two heads working or three heads working, me and Fred. Right. You, you, you're just funnier. You can't help it. I tell people it's like if a, a sprinter is running the 100-yard dash, if he's got a gust of wind behind him, I don't give a fuck who he is. He's going to be faster. With you and Fred writing all those lines, you made him just over the top fucking funny. My yeah, goodness. And, and, and teed him up to do whatever he wanted to do, which is what right. he's doing. Now, I probably told you this story before, but I don't care. We'll go off on this. Um, because what you just touched on, like by the end, like Howard always said, listen, I never denied that Jackie and Fred were writing jokes. And he actually uh, wrote it in the penthouse interview and stuff. He, like he didn't hide it. But in the beginning, he really did kind of hide it. It was a well-kept secret. And there were a couple of times it almost leaked out. And that's in my book. It's, it's, it's really fun. But when he first got to New York uh, on NBC, nobody knew who the hell this guy was. Nobody knew anything. It's hard to believe, but very few people knew Robin was black. And Howard used to tell the audience that he was half Jewish and half Italian. Because by doing that, he roped in 99% of the tri-state area, right? So sure. Smart. He told everybody he went to Vietnam. Meanwhile, he wasn't even born yet, you know, like, but these were classic lies, but that was his shtick. That was, that was his, you know, just like Jack Benny saying he was 39. Who's going to stand up and say, no, you're not. You know what I mean? So I'm doing a show at Chuckles and people were so enamored with the show. And I always played Stump the Joke Man. So I'm playing Stump the Joke Man, but I tell people, listen, if you got a, a question about the show, you'll go feel free. <clears throat> so I'm standing up there and the guy raises his hand and he says, Jackie, is Howard really half Jewish? And I said, yes. And the guy said, what's the other half? And I said, even more Jewish. <laughs> and the place went nuts. And it was exactly right. <laughs> That's amazing. Absolutely maybe, amazing. Maybe my best ad lib in my entire life. That's you know? amazing. Everybody, come to Governors and keep complaining. You can come complain to me about anything you want. It's 7 o'clock Saturday at Governor's at 90 Division Avenue in Levittown on Long Island with Peter Bales and go to cameo.com slash Jackie Martling. And I tweet, I tweet jokes every day at 4.20 p.m. International Marijuana Time. And like Opie said, some days they're fouler than others. Some days oh they're downright horrible. But I've been putting up great pictures, you know. You know, I put up these great old pictures and people like – going nuts and of course every every tenth person is like still making a living off howard jackie huh uh, still, you know meanwhile everybody's loving the pictures you uh, know. it's it's always the one guy like everyone else is going with it and enjoying it there's always has to be a bummer out there that cocksucker <laughs> there you go all right listen i gotta go i gotta cook burgers or something man oh wow enjoy i got the leftover meatloaf my girlfriend is such a great cook. That's why I'm the size of a house. That's why I'm glad you can't see my stomach. Good for you, Jackie. Live your life, all right? And uh, I'll get up to Bayville soon so we can have some steaks. You're invited anytime. And let's not wait six months to do this again. No, nah, we, we waited way too long, uh, my friend. Thank you so much, all right? All right. And thanks, Hope. I really appreciate it. Bye right bye. on. Have fun Saturday night. 40th anniversary of Governors. How cool is that? There it's goes that. It's, it's the 90th anniversary of the jokes. <laughs> I'll see you later. All right. There's <laughs> Jackie.
Ah, uh, that was fun, man. I enjoyed that a lot. All right, guys, I'm out. If you gave me a few bucks uh, today, I greatly appreciate that. It keeps me, you know, motivated to turn this thing on. I'll. I saw I made like twenty five dollars today. That's nice. I like that. I'm gonna take that twenty five dollars and I'm gonna uh, get on my electric scooter and I'm gonna spend it at uh, Pinkberry for uh, me and my family. So thank you for the for the love and uh, some pocket money. Thank you very much. We'll uh, we'll talk soon. All right, guys. Thank you.